Hey, welcome to the Coach Bo Knows Podcast in the Studio Soapbox Network. I'm Coach Bo, Brian O'Connor. We're recorded live at the Skulls location of the O'Connor Advisory Group Studios. To check out all things O'Connor Advisory Group at OAGKS.com. You can interact with the show on Twitter and Instagram. Our handle is at Coach Bo Knows Show. Check out our Facebook page. Just search out for Coach Bo Knows Show. You'll see us there. You can also email us at Coach Bo Knows at Coach Bo Knows Show at gmail.com. This is episode 21.5, and you know on the 20 on the point five, we've got our wonderful co-host, Ellen Wingenter. Token girl, what's up? Hey, hey, how's it going? Oh, I'm doing all right. Just kind of Good. dodging and ducking this COVID as much as I can. You know, we we got a we got a positive test in the house. And so my my first sample came back negative. So if I can stay ahead of the game and ride it out. Well, I uh I was all on the the government website to order those free testing kits on Tuesday, knock that out. Still waiting on those free tests from the state of Colorado. So I'm <laughs> trying to avoid having to go hunt for them in person. Oh, but we got very lucky. So we found out so my wife tested positive. I'm not gonna not gonna embarrass anybody to tell anybody. So uh she thinks she got it from a tennis club. There's a group up in there play all the time and mm-hmm. it's going around in their little group. Uh, yeah. luckily she heard she's had very mild symptoms. She came home Sunday, uh, Friday night. She came home and just, I wasn't there. And then Saturday morning, she wasn't feeling great. Just kind of had a, not a fever, but uh, a cough and some stuff. And she said, well, I'm going to go test. So she went over to a place, got tested. Mm-hmm. She, her uh, rapid test was negative. And again, that was Saturday. We had the Martin Luther King holidays. So no one was working Monday. Yeah. She didn't get her results for a PCR test till Tuesday. And it came back positive. Damn. And we're like, oh, man. Now, because she's had what we thought was a cold, and, you know, I don't really deal with getting sick very well. So we have been sleeping in separate rooms for these four days. Yeah. I've been on the basement in the couch, or in the basement on the couch. She's been up in our room. I'm like, okay, that's fine. But I would like a full night's sleep. And I haven't done that yet. Yeah, it's hard sleeping on the couch, no matter how nice your couch is. You know, we used to have a really, really good couch. We, we, you know, we remodeled our basement this past year, mm-hmm. and we had an excellent nap couch. You could sleep on that couch. It was so great. It was a little bit mm-hmm. older. It's a little mm-hmm. deeper. Yep. I got rid of it because I wanted something that looked nicer. Right. And when I got something, I was like thinking of sitting in it and like watching TV and watching. Sports. Sure. I didn't think about well, what about when I want to take a nap. And it's just not comfortable at all. Well, so I, much so that last night I almost ended up at a hotel. I, I hope that Jen is feeling good enough soon enough that, or yeah. kick Peyton out of his bedroom and make him oh, sleep. I, I won't go in. I'm not touching his bed. Near <laughs> no, 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 no. You, I, I, no, I, I'll sleep in my car before I sleep in Peyton's bed. Fair, fair. You'll know when your kid's that age. You'll understand. Uh, he's getting close enough. So yes, yeah. I know. So, uh, but yeah, we just, uh, but both kiddo and I tested today. We both got our results negative. Neither of us have had any symptoms. So Good. we've kept enough space. I just feel bad for the wife and she works at, you know, the university here. And so mm-hmm. they don't have the five day wait. They have a 10 day wait. She go back to work. So she has to wait till next Tuesday. It's killing her working from home. I'm sure it is. Knowing her, yeah. I'm sure yeah. it is. Because she, she loves her job. She loves going to work every day. She loves yeah. the people she works with. And that's yeah. a big part of what she is, who she is. So 
it'll be all good though. We'll get through it in the next couple of days. I'll keep sleeping on the couch for a couple more, and when I get my PCR results and I get negative there, I'm, I'm fine. There you go. All right. So I, I don't want to review too much of what happened in the NFL this past week. We already did you a whole podcast it. on Monday about that, and uh, I do want to ask you your opinion at the end of the Cowboys game, though. Man, you know. So- all of the games this weekend, really, were all blowouts. They were boring. Um, I mean, even the Monday night game, I turned it off at halftime because it was, by that point, it was already there. The Chiefs game is one of the few games just because I love the Chiefs. It was fun yeah. to be on the good side of the blowout. But the end of that Dallas game was exciting, and San Francisco had just taken their foot off the pedal. And you see that push to get everything done with no timeouts, and it was just the anxiety of running against the clock. And there were too many people that knew better that helped cause that collapse, including Dak. You know, Dak knew he shouldn't have been touching the ball. Yeah. I just – I really got to blame a lot of that on McCarthy. I, Yeah. I I think it's a fireable offense. I think his lack of understanding of the clock – and I do think he's going to get fired. As we're recording this, this is Wednesday night. It was come out on Friday. I think by Friday he's fine. I do. Jerry Jones has uh, rescheduled his um, his weekly radio gig in Dallas. Mm-hmm. I think right now he's trying to figure out what will he do if he fires Mike McCarthy, and can he possibly keep Dan Quinn? Um, Dan Quinn would be the guy I'd hire if I was them. I don't think I think he's going. I think Dan Quinn's going to be a head coach by the end of next week. But uh, I think that. Um, this goes back to everything we talked about with the Cowboys all season. Run the football. I mean, even down 13 points, they don't think they have to run the football. And it's almost like I talked to Tyler Jones about this in the Jones report. Just because you're down in the game doesn't mean you have to hurry up and score all the time. You can yeah. be in the third quarter down 13 points and still run the football. You can be down 10 at the beginning of the fourth quarter and still run the football. You can still get three possessions. You can, but it's the anxiety around it being a win-or-go-home game that you're going to push it. Yeah, but if you do something well, do it and stick to the plan. Successful teams, successful leaders in every endeavor, no matter what, stick to the plan. And, And... that's just something they've never done well. And it's something Mike McCarthy, frankly, isn't good at. And I, I, I think this should cost him his job. I do. Well, I, he's just not a good head coach. Yeah. So um, let's talk about, real quick, we're going to start with talking about the four playoff games coming up. We're down to the last eight. Um, I did find a cool stat. So I have been a big believer. You have to be balanced offense and defense. And you mm-hmm. have to be balanced run pass. But um, you know, there's only four teams in the NFL that are in the top 10 in scoring offense and defense. No. You know what those all four have in common? Um, no, I do not. They're all still playing. Makes sense. Top 10. If you're in the top 10 in both total offense and total defense by scoring, we don't do total defense by yards. That's bullshit. Then you are still playing right now. Those four teams are the Rams. Mm-hmm. The Bills, the Bucks, the Chiefs. You gotta right. be able to do both. You can't just be a high-scoring offense. You can't just be a great defense. You gotta do both. And so half the teams left, and they're the only four 
out of 32. So interesting. Let's get into it. You're the NFC first or the AFC? I'll give you the um, You know, let's go ahead and knock out the AFC and, and get right. that over with. All right. So let's go to your game first here. This is okay. this is the game I think is the sort of the um the two alpha males, you know, get into the middle of the ring and gonna duke it out. Yeah. Buffalo versus Kansas City. Yep. The Chiefs are a two point for two to three, depending on what sports book you want to use. Um, ESPN has them at one and a half. Okay. I've seen all the way, I saw it to three and a half a couple days ago. It's getting bet down, bet down, bet down. Sure. Um, what do you think here? Who, who are you going to pick first off? I think I got a pretty good idea. Who do you like to win this game? I, although I think Josh Allen is going to try to ball out, I think the home field advantage is really going to play to our favor as far as the Chiefs go. And I, I, I don't know what the forecast is supposed to be on Sunday. Um, you know, I know that we've had some pretty cold temperatures here in Denver, and we're supposed to get some more later in the week. And depending on how that pushes through, what effect that will have. But I think there is a bit of a chip on the Chiefs' shoulder right now. And they will continue to make some mistakes, but they'll end up overcoming them. I agree with a lot of what you're saying. First off, it's going to be 50 and clear. 50 stop high on Sunday. Beautiful. Um, I think the Chiefs are going to make some mistakes. I think Buffalo is too good to over to, to be a team you can overcome mistakes against. I think the team that makes the least amount of mistakes is wins this game. I think that totally makes sense. And I think that's going to be Buffalo. Um, I look at Josh Allen now, mm-hmm. and I think if I was to go look at the young quarterbacks in this league and say rank them one, two, three, four, five, you know, I, I think Josh Allen and Mahomes are on that same level. I really do. I know. Josh Allen – there was a play in last week's game that convinced me Josh Allen's as good as Mahomes. One, I think his arm is just as good. Uh, mm-hmm. he, he can throw the ball as far. People will say he's not as accurate as Mahomes with those deep balls. A lot of that's when someone's butt naked wide open, you don't have to be accurate. You just got to get it close to him. Right. Tyree Kill gets down, feels 70 yards. You can throw it anywhere in his vicinity, he's going to catch it. Sure. Um, Josh Allen can throw just as far as Mahomes. They don't ask him to do it. But he also just put a bullet right at you, too, which Mahomes can do. The difference I think I see in this now, it was a play in the game this past week. Um, Allen's scrambling. He's going to take off and go to his left. As he does and runs to his left, he runs between the guard and the tackle, and a defensive end from behind gets both his arms on, on Josh Allen and get him on both shoulders. And he's going to take Josh Allen down from behind. Every other quarterback in the league is down. Mm-hmm. Josh Allen just kept moving and ran through it. Right. That guy I was mean, flat on his face. He he has the size and, and he the, the frame Mahomes to be is, able to do that. Mahomes is as big, and I think they're probably equally fast. What I think the difference is is that Buffalo is allowing Josh. Uh, Josh Allen to actually run the ball. They're mm-hmm. calling run plays for him now this year. They didn't do that last year. That's another, another part of their offense. You know, some direct snap, he takes the ball, he follows the fullback, he follows the tailback as a fullback and and goes. Um, the Chiefs won't do that with Mahomes. 
A lot of it will be also, I think you'll see Buffalo's defense. They're the number one ranked defense in the league. They're going to be blitzing Mahomes from the right, trying to push him to his left. Mm -hmm. This is the heavyweight championship fight. This is going to go back and forth. It's going to be like a battle of two titans. No, I think it's going to be a fantastic game. The thing thing that I'm kind of hanging my hat on, frankly, is that home field advantage. And people are going to be dumpy. And the Chiefs are used to playing in that atmosphere all the time. And the Bills aren't quite there yet. Well, Buffalo beat them in Kansas City this year. I understand. And I think that I don't think they're going to be as moved by that. I think they're going to come in with the thing of I think you could have said that last season. I think you could have come in and said, "Man, we're going to have to play our best game to go in there." Mm-hmm. I think Buffalo thinks they can come in there and beat the Chiefs because they did it already. Well, and I'm I'm happy for it because I want to see yeah. a great game. <laughs> yeah, I think this is going to be a fantastic game. I do. I think it's going to be a fantastic game. I think it's a close game. Mm-hmm. It may very well come down to who has the ball last. Yeah, I and agree. I, I'll take Buffalo. I, okay. I'm going to take Buffalo. I just think because we don't know who somebody else is, we're going to get to that next. I think Buffalo is the favorite in the AFC now. But I, I, I say that as we transition to the other game, and that's Tennessee and Cincinnati. It's a Saturday's game, the first game on Saturday. Uh, Tennessee is a three and a half point favorite mm-hmm. as of right now. They're going to announce on Friday. So when you hear this, Tennessee will be announcing that day if Derrick Henry will play. Um, he has practiced. He did a full padded practice on Wednesday. His exact words were, I felt great. I feel great. Of course, he's going to say that. I saw the interview. He was smiling. I, again. He's going to try. He's going to try. He's but he's been out for how many weeks? He's been out six, eight weeks now. He's not in football shape. Yeah, that's going to be a part of it. Now, I was in the Jones report earlier. I did my pick. I picked uh-huh. the Bengals plus three and a half. They're getting three and a half points. Um, I don't know that the Bengals are going to win this game. But I think the Titans cannot go out there and just absolutely outscore the Bengals. I think this is close, and I think if the Titans can run the ball as well as they can, I mean, mm-hmm. they ran the ball great without Derrick Henry. The last yeah. few weeks. If Derrick Henry is the Derrick Henry we've seen the last two seasons, I think the Titans will win this game. But if not, you give just even a glimmer of hope to the Bengals. And if their offensive line can play well enough to not get Burrow sacked three or four times, right? I think it's going to be really hard for him to overcome that Burrow can put up points quickly. He can. And I would be hopeful that the Tennessee staff is not game planning that Henry is going to be playing, period. They, they should be planning for him to come in occasionally. And if they can ride him, they can but they cannot be game-planning around him. Yeah. I, I was amazed when I looked at some of the stats on this. So um, the Titans are the 11th-ranked defense in the league, or 12th on offense. And, um, but what I did also see is they don't get many turnovers. They don't get many interceptions. Of all the teams in the playoffs, only – the Chiefs and the 49ers have less 
um, less turnovers than the, than the Titans' defense. Um, again, I think what you'll need is to sack Burrow. Burrow is the most right. sacked quarterback in the league. Yeah. He's won sacks in the regular season. He was by far the worst. I think next was like 37. So he's, he's liable to get sacked. I mean, the game also comes down to can the, can the Bengals' offensive line keep the Titans' defensive line off Burrow? If they do, I think it's game, set, match the Bengals win this game. But if they don't, Titans, I, we just don't know who the Titans are because right. of the Derrick Henry thing and the week off. So I, I, I kind of wonder about that a little bit. So I, I, I want to pick the Titans to win the game, but I'm taking the Bengals plus the points in the, like that's we picking on the Jones report. But I see scenarios where both teams are going to win. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and homer this thing and pick the Bengals. As well still, you should. I still think you're a year away from being really good. But if they do it, it's because number nine carries. Let's say you. Um, I'm. Hmm. I think at this point, because I don't know if Henry is going to play and how well he's going to play, I'm more apt to pick the Bengals. Yeah. All right. Uh, before we get to the NFC games, I do want to ask you. Um, we were watching this past week. We had these two, the two two seven games. So the, the we we expanded the playoffs last year because of COVID. They mm-hmm. kept it through the new agreement with the Players Association. Have we ever seen two playoff teams as bad as the Steelers and the Eagles were last week? Oh, I, you would have to go back probably a ways. But those, both of those teams and those games were just so gross <laughs> I thought from a competitive Steelers, standpoint. I thought the Steelers – I didn't talk about this on the, point, on the regular pod. I, I, I think I got over – McCarthy more than I did on Tomlin. Uh, but I took a little bit about it. I, I think it was an indictment on Tom, Mike Tomlin. I thought that that team, I thought they looked as ill-prepared, the Steelers, as any team I'd seen in the playoff. I, you know, to the point that you made on Monday's podcast with Ben's comments about them being the worst team and they were just going to go out and fun, try to man. have fun. I don't know if some of that was just kind of taken on by the rest of the team, including the coaching staff. And it just kind of gave up, you know, they snuck into the playoffs. They know Ben's leaving. They don't know what their team is going to look like next year. And to your point, maybe it's coach and QB, maybe a GM or there is a GM missing, you know, it's, you know, in the professional realm, it's what they call engagement. And Frankly, maybe the team just wasn't engaged anymore. I don't think they were. I, I think they were the most ill-prepared team I've seen in the playoff. And yeah. the fact that they even got ahead early in the second quarter like that with the – I mean, you had the kind of the fumble play, the ball got out. You know, T.J. Watt takes it back to for a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I thought mean, it was very fluky. Yeah. It was very fluky. And, I mean, three plays earlier, T.J. Watt, like a high school kid out there. Playing. Yeah. Um, I just don't – I think the Chiefs just – they just rolled their helmets out there and beat the hell out of the Steelers. And the Steelers had nothing for them. No. And I think it was a damning – I think it was a damning indictment on Tom. Um, again, I, I made you – I did say on the regular pod on, on Monday, I said if – this was, yeah, Monday when I recorded it. So um, what I did say – or Tuesday, I guess it was this week. I said if 
if Steelers went to Mike Tomlin in the preseason and they said, okay, look, we are hamstrung here on the salary cap. Mm-hmm. And he's got to play. If that's what they decided, and they just told him, look, you get no help at quarterback. If he gets hurt, you're stuck with Rudolph. Go do the best you can. Then I can forgive. I can forgive what's happened to that team. If that's not the situation, it's damning. And the fact that they went from 11 and 0 at one point last year, mm-hmm. to then losing five out of six, including their playoff game, and then go nine, seven, and one this year and get killed in their playoff game. They've gone was 11, 14, and one since they were 11 and 0. And they haven't looked competitive in some of these games. Right. I think it's pretty damning. And I think that. I think there needs to be a little bit of a house cleaning there. And I think that we'll talk a little about this in a bit, but there's kind of this three-headed monster you have to have in every NFL franchise. And uh, the Steelers are losing, losing one, the quarterback gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got a GM situation. I, we might just erase the whole board let the coach go too. I don't think the Steelers will do that. The Steelers have notoriously been good to their coaches. Yes. They have three coaches in their history. They've had Chuck Knoll, Bill Cowher, and Mike Tom. And Mike Tomlin's had a great career. Don't he has. He's been there 15 seasons. He has been great at times. But as you know, whether it's professional, whether it's sports or anything, there also becomes a time in your career where maybe the grass isn't greener is not a good way of putting it, but sometimes a new set of circumstances are better for everybody. Absolutely, because you fall into routines, you get complacent, and you're unwilling to try new things. And so until you're forced into new situations, you just don't want to do it. Yeah. So I I hope – I'm not a Steelers fan, so I don't really care. Right. I I, I think the best thing the Steelers can do is go ahead and let him go. But I don't know what their management's thinking about. So it is what it is. Uh, but I wanted to bring that up. And then on the Eagles side, I didn't kill them as bad as I did the Steelers. The Steelers, the Eagles ran into a buzzsaw. They just aren't nearly as prepared because their team's not good. Yeah. But I, I was the person that going into the season thought that the Eagles were going to win three or four games and that they were practically punting this season because of their salary cap issue, getting rid of Carson Wentz for a bunch of draft picks, which worked. Mm-hmm. They got the draft picks and they found out. Jalen Hurts is their quarterback. I like Jalen Hurts. I do too. I'm so happy that he's their quarterback. I'm not an Alabama fan, but he's my favorite of those lineage of guys. Yeah. Tua and Mac Jones. He's my favorite of those three guys, and I'm so happy that he got the opportunity and he's made the most of it. I agree. The Eagles absolutely should keep him as their starting quarterback. Absolutely. And I, I think they showed that. I think that was their major goal. He's played fantastic. He has. He doesn't have flashy numbers. He doesn't have Joe Burrow's completion percentage and, 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 and yardage. And he doesn't have you know, Tom Brady's numbers. And he doesn't, he doesn't do any of that. But he can throw the ball. He's accurate. And he can run. So I, That's a good know, quarterback. Yeah. And I would, I, I would pair his – you know, bold counterpart, Justin Fields. And with that too, that you're, yeah. you are, 
you've got top tier quarterbacks who don't have the supporting cast around them, don't have the coaching staff or whatever else they need behind them to really allow them to excel and get to where they need to be. And so seeing what both of those teams kind of do in the off season is going to be really interesting. Yeah. Well, the Eagles have a lot of salary cap and they have a lot of draft picks and they don't have to spend any of them on a quarterback. Yep. Which just means you can go find more offensive weapons. You can get your line right. You can get your defensive line right. They're in a really, really awful division. I mean, they're in a bad division. They are. And they have a chance to be really good. And so I, I think if you're an Eagles fan, I mean, we know a couple of them. I mean, mm-hmm. our boy Corey Eaton, shout mm-hmm. out to Corey. Um, we want to say, hey, uh, your team's going to be really good soon. Well, and Jeff, too. Shout out to Jeff. Oh, yeah, Jeff, yeah. Um, Jeff's a big, uh, a big Eagles fan. So. Yeah, but, I mean, you even look at what the, the Chiefs did in the offseason in shoring up their offensive line and how much that helped Mahomes this season once they got everything moving and going in the right yeah. direction. Yeah, they. so I, I, I'm not going to criticize them as much as I will mm-hmm. the Steelers, but I will say that these two seven games did not do anything for me. <laughs> I was watching those games going, oh, man, this is bad football. This is bad football. And, and it's just you have one great team and you got one really bad team. And Yeah. But they're not going back. There's too much money. And yep. they, now we got six games wild card weekend. They added Monday night. Oh, that was a ratings boom. Um, did you see the ratings for that? I did not. Highest Monday night rated game, Monday night game in five years. Okay. Um, I mean, that's a pretty big deal. Yeah. 49ers Dallas, highest rated NFL game. Uh, highest rated wild card weekend game in like three or four years. Hmm. The ratings are just going up. So the people who said, oh, you know, some of that social stuff isn't so great for your brand. Well, they were dead wrong. Because <laughs> that brand's only getting stronger and stronger. So Correct. Yeah. I mean, there, there you go. Let's go to the NFC games. We had a little right. sidetrack there. The NFC, we've got um, Green Bay. Hosting the 49ers off their big up. I wouldn't call it a big upset because a lot of people kind of expected it. Um, 49ers over the Cowboys. 49ers go to Green Bay. 49ers, or Green Bay is a six point favorite this game. What do you think? Green Bay is going to win by 21. Wow. Okay. It's, it's just going to be a boat race and it's going to be all Green Bay. I think Green Bay is going to win this game. Well, I mean, I'm pretty confident they win this game. But the 49ers haven't lost very many games by less than seven. But the Green, but but the 49ers, the what made you feel good about picking Green Bay is the 49ers also don't beat anybody. Well, yeah, um, sure they don't. Just because the spread says it's six yeah. doesn't mean they're going to lose. So, of the playoff teams, they're still alive. The 49ers have the worst record against playoff teams. The 49ers went four and four versus this year's playoff teams. And I think they're the most inconsistent across the board. I would agree. Um, I think the other problem is that you've got Jimmy Garoppolo that might get, <laughs> have to get into a shootout with Aaron Rodgers. And that's just not going to work. Yeah. Now, one thing I think that Green Bay, or that Fortnite did really well is this thing where moving Debo Samuel around the field yeah. and then getting him in the position to run behind their offensive line. Yep. They have the best left tackle in football. 
he's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have either one or two, depends on what you like. I, I think he's the best. But then they have a great offensive line across the board. So they get big holes. And when they bring Samuels around from the slot or they, they back him up, like when he's in the backfield, he's deeper than most running backs. He's usually like seven yards or even eight yards back. Right. Five or six. It's an extra step. Usually you wouldn't want your guys back that. But what it's allowing is allowing one of the guards or a center to get up to a linebacker and that extra step. If they get to the linebacker in time, now you've got a bigger hole. He's getting through there fast. They're using the speed. It's a lot of football tackle nerd stuff up front. But uh, that's what the difference between the 49ers have been in the last month, what's better at doing. But I do think Green Bay wins this game. Um, I did pick the 49ers plus the six. I just, yeah, I, 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 I think it might come down to the Packers get the ball back in a tie game, down one, up one, and you just got Rodgers to go do Rodgers things. I honestly think that Rodgers is going into the rest of this season, the three games left. As a fuck you to everybody. Yeah, I think he is too. I think that he's trying to do everything he can. And I think he's trying to show that I think he wants to be the Packers' best player ever before he leaves. He's leaving. Mm-hmm. This is it. This is it. He's got between one and three games up as the Packers. Yeah. And uh, they're going to have to, because they just, the cap says. You can read the book. It's the caps right there. It tells you everything you need to know. So we got that one. Last game is the more interesting game to me in the NFC. Tampa at home, the Rams. Mm-hmm. The Rams played phenomenal Monday night. They looked-, looked incredible in all facets, and they only and Matt Stafford only threw the ball eighteen times. Yeah, um, you know, from a personal standpoint, I would love to see Stafford go and get his Super Bowl. Yeah, I. You know, we've talked over the last several weeks about Belichick and how it's so hard to bet against Belichick. It's the same thing with Brady. It's so hard to even think that Brady might drop a home playoff game after just having their first home playoff game for Tampa Bay in, what, like 10, 15 years, something like that, since the Super Bowl doesn't really count. Um, I don't know. I would really love the Rams just to – blow this out of the water though i'm tired of tom brady and super bowls so tampa's a three-point favorite and i'll say this i don't think you need a three either rams are going to go into tampa and win the game mm-hmm. um you know it's hard to bet against belichick it is hard to bet against brady he's got gronk doesn't have any receivers on the outside right now yeah his receiving core is all out it's all busted up Goodwin's out i mean you've got uh, Brown's been Brown dropped. Thing. Uh, Mike Evans has got some injury bugs. Um, if if Evans can play, you know, and contribute, that'd be better for them. They're going to have to depend on the run game. Brady this past week, he got the ball out of his hands like in a record time. I mean, it's like mm-hmm. 2.1 seconds, the ball's out of his hands. Yeah. But, and, and he's going to need to do that because the Rams front fours come and they can blitz too fast. After him before. You yeah. don't have to bring a fifth guy. But what's going to happen is you're going to put two guys on Aaron Donald and everyone else's hands are in the air. Even Donald's hands will be in the air. And they'll yeah. Be balls. They'll be stuff. Um, 
the Rams are playing defensively lights out. I don't know they'll intercept Brady twice if they did Murray. Right. Both Murray's picks came on tip balls. Yes. I expect him to tip one of them. I think it's going to happen at least once. Um, I think they're going to put Ramsey over the top everywhere Grant goes. He's going to see Jalen Ramsey. And I think Jalen Ramsey is the best DB in the league. I just He doesn't have the fancy number, but, boy, he's really great. He's a Hall of Fame great. Um, offensively, Rams run the ball. Stafford's not – Stafford's not a Hall of Fame. If they win the Super Bowl, he might get a shot at the Hall of Fame. Interesting. But I don't think he can win the game if you wanted to shoot out. You want Brady throwing the ball 40 times and Stafford throwing the ball 40 times. I'm betting on Tampa every single time. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that the Rams are going to let Matt Stafford get into a shootout. They're going to run the ball. Uh, they're going to get. They're going to have solid throws. They're going to. They're going to Connor um, Cooper Cup's going to be big. Mm-hmm. And you know who looked comfortable finally? Who's that? Odell Beckham. He did. He looked really. He in, was comfortable. And he, yes, he was in. He was in the pocket. He knew what was going on. He knew the flow of the game. He knew what was expected of him. And you know, to the point that you made earlier about the balance not only on offense defense, but having that balance on offense between the run and pass, the Rams are going to do that instead of leaning as heavily as the Bucs will on Brady to dig them out. I think, I think Odell Beckham's going to have a big game this week. Uh, It may not be 10 catches for 160 yards. Mm -hmm. It might be five catches for 75 and a long touchdown. But yeah, but they'll he's be also going to decoy some stuff. Yep. But they're really done well with him. And when they do it with Cup as well, they decoyed him around the field to open up run lanes. Um, I knew the Rams were going to win the game Monday night on the first offensive play. Interesting. So they I, go back and watch it. Um, the left tackle for the Rams is Andrew Whitworth. He's a 41-year-old man out there. He's the oldest starting left tackle in the NFL. He got rolled up, too. He did. Same play. It's the same play he got rolled up on. And he got back out there the next possession. He sat the rest of the the first possession, and he went back out and finished the game. Big Wit is 6'7", 325, whatever you want to call him. Mm -hmm. He's more than a biscuit over 325. (laughs) So Big Wit. They run a little game where the guard goes out and blocks the outside. Tight end comes in, blocks the inside linebacker. Guard has the end and big wick at the outside linebacker. He just blew him out. Mm -hmm. I mean out. The hole was so big, you could run a Jeep Wrangler through there. Yeah. And Sony Michelle just runs up in there for 24 yards. Yeah. And I went, if big wick is playing that well, they ain't losing. Yeah, I'm curious to see how he's going to be feeling because yeah. it was like kind of that ankle knee situation, yeah. and he was struggling yeah. during, you know, after yeah. that point. So I kept I kept watching throughout the game, and man, he was playing well. I mean, he just if Big Wit's playing well, they're not going to get to Stafford, and they're going to have to bring more people, which is going to open up some some games with Cubs, yeah. some games with Beckham. You know, I just I. I think this is the week. I think this is going to be it. 
I made a prediction earlier today on the Jones report that I think is even bigger. What's I that? Think, I think this is Tom Brady's last game. I mean, I'm not. He's 44. He'll be 45 in August. I just can't think of 45 year old quarterbacks ready to play a full season. Not even Tom Brady. No, I mean, who was it? It was the Rams that called up that dude who had been out of the league for two years when they're safeties, maybe. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, I might remember his name. You, you know who I'm talking about, yes, though. The, the, this week, that the injuries they had, the Rams went and signed. And I will get it here. So, um, like, if 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 Brady could do something like that, because you know the guy that the Rams call up, they were like, "Yes, he's been in game shape for the last two years. He was ready to plug and plug and play and that kind of thing and yeah. and start." Yeah, I'm trying to find this now. If, I'm, if, to, I'm on, I'm on the know, Rams ESPN pages now. I just can't remember. It was one of the safeties. And I yeah, yeah. And you know. If Brady could be the ultimate uh, NFL DH. That, that's a really good way of putting it, actually. I mean, that's, but yeah. Eric I'm Weddle. Gonna, Eric yes. Weddle is what we're talking about. Uh, I'm going to be 45 in March. Yeah. I can't imagine putting my body through any of that. No. So. And Tom Brady <laughs> has the, the TB12 thing, and he's fantastic. And and he's the, he's the greatest. I, God, it hurts me to say that out loud. He's the greatest. But Man, 45, you got nothing else to prove. And, and I think he's, you know, part of it is you don't, you want to go out as a winner. I get that. It would have been great story for him to go out at the last season, but you got to go try to defend it. And I think that this time, I think he's going out, he's going out on his shield. I just, he's like, he's giving it everything. He leads the league in touchdowns. He leads the league mm-hmm. in, 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 in yards. He's been great. If you were voting for MVP, he's probably second behind Rodgers. Yeah. He's, but you just can't expect that the 45 year old man's going to be able to play quarterback all season. No. And I think there's going to be a lot of shakeups on the staff. And, you know, if, if Byron Leftwich is gone, if Todd Bowles is gone, I think that's a big deal. Um, I think he has nothing left to prove and he doesn't owe it to anybody. No, so this is purely I, for him yeah, at this point. And, and I do think that. Now, I can see him playing next season, but I just think that he's probably in the first few weeks going to say, you know what, this is, it's time. And I think they get eliminated this week. I don't think the Rams send him to retire, but anything nefarious like that. I just think that this is the game. I think the Rams are too much. The Rams are very good. And I think they're going to win. And I think this is going to be Brady's last game. And and to your point, it makes me wonder too what Arians is going to do, you know? He's, yeah, I mean, B.A. is going to come to a point where he wants to retire. It wouldn't surprise me if Leftwich gets passed over. Because, like, mm-hmm. I think the Jaguars should hire Leftwich today. Right. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if Leftwich or Bulls gets passed over if he just says, hey, let me write out my contract. Let me write out another year. Mm-hmm. One of you guys, whoever, whichever one stays, gets to be the next head coach. Um, I think Bulls does get a job. I think that – I don't think Leftwich is going to get the Jags job. Hmm. Although I heard the Jags had a horrible interview with Bill (laughs) O'Brien. I heard they went to Alabama and met with him. They were there for two hours. And I heard they were on the, once they left the facility, 
they were on the plane and in the air in 30 minutes. That means they were not happy with that interview. No. And they didn't take him with them. Correct. So I don't think Bill O'Brien's getting the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars job. So there you have it. There's our picks for the week. We, we uh, disagree on quite a bit here. You like Kansas City. I like Buffalo. We both like the Packers to win. I think it's closer than you. Yes. You like Tampa to win. No, I do not. I like the Rams. Rams. We're both on the Rams. And then are we both on the Bengals? Uh, Yes. Okay, so we're closer than I thought we were. Yeah, because since I don't know how Tennessee is going to shake out yet. I think that's the wild card of the whole thing. I just don't know how, who Tennessee is right now. And yeah. I mean, I could be, and I admit the team I could be absolutely dead wrong. If I'm if I'm dead wrong on anybody, it's, it's Tennessee. Titans. Yes. Yeah. Because the Titans could be the best team in the AFC. I fully agree. If I had to pick it right now, I would pick Buffalo in the AFC and the Rams in the NFC. Which goes back to my preseason pick. Wow. It does. Uh, it's amazing how it all circles around sometimes. Around. Some guys know what they're talking about. <laughs> we don't win we don't win Tyler's pool. I'm so far behind in that pool. I'll, I'm last in the Jones report because we have used the point spread and I'm so bad at it. You know what? Then you can no longer blame me for the bull picks. No, I really can't because <laughs> it was close for a while. In the last three weeks of the regular season and this next, this week, they've been awful. So I had one week where I actually went one and nine. I'm sure I. It was awful. Yeah. All right. Hey, I got to ask you something. You know, I know you listen to Monday. We have we have yep. a sponsor now. I, so what do you know about do. Trump Club? Do you know about, do you know anything about Trump Club? I, I know a little bit about Trump right. Club. So, I know some people that have enjoyed it. So right. why don't you well, tell us I'm about your I'm going to explain what Trump Club is. So Trump Club is Nordstrom's has Trunk Club. And you probably heard of these services where they send you clothes at home. Trump Club's great. I actually use Trump Club myself. We actually use it for our son for a while. I ended up, he got too many clothes. So I switched the sizes to my sizes so I can get some new stuff because one, I hate shopping. And two, I don't want my wife to go pick everything out for me. Nice. So, but what I did was I got the trunk. It comes in different stuff. You actually can use their app as well. You can Mm -hmm. say, I don't like this. I don't like this. You give them your sizes. They shop for you. They send you a trunk. We get it every month or every two months, every quarter, however you want. And when you get this, you try your clothes on. If you like them, you keep them. Mm-hmm. You get billed for what you keep. You don't get billed for what you, what you send back. It's really great. You can be a man who's in his 40s like me, just hates to shop. You can be a young cat like my son who's 19 and says, hey, I don't want to get out and shop, but you know what? It's <laughs> cool stuff. They got stuff that looks cool for a year young. It helps you if you're a man like me, but I hear ladies love this shit. I, I have some girlfriends who've done it, who've really enjoyed it. So it makes That's... me want to get down and check it out especially if you're looking for stuff that maybe you want to wear back to the office or if you just want stuff for the weekend, you can use the app. They work with you on what you want, what you don't want. There's no questions asked when you don't want things and you send them right back. And if you go to our show notes, we don't have a code. Instead, we have a link. So go to the show notes. There's a link. You can do this while you're listening to us. Go to the link, sign up for Trump Club. You get $50 off your first trunk. And look, you're going to like it. If you don't like it, send this shit all back. That's fine. But go on and try it out. Use the link we've given you. And when you click on it, it'll say, hey, Brian has sent you to us. Join, try it out. You'll love Trunk Club. If you don't, send me a tweet that says, hey, F-U-N Trunk Club. 
but I guarantee it's not coming from anybody because it is really cool. It's really great stuff. Norseman does a great job with this. Really, every piece that I've gotten has been in quality, and it's not overpriced. You think Nordstrom, you think maybe it's overpriced. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's not overpriced, and it's not like the clearance stuff either. It's really quality stuff. They work with you for your styles and everything else. So give it a try. Again, check out the show notes, and the link is in the show notes. It'll be there, $50 off. Give it a try. We appreciate it. I'm going to do it. All right. Then we talked a lot of football already. Do we want to talk more football? I don't know. What let's, else do we have let's, to talk let's, about? Let's, we got something else I want to talk about. Let's. You listened on Monday, and I yes. went in on Novak Djokovic. Yes. Okay. So. I mean, but that's tennis. We're going to go there. Okay. We're going to do Novak Djokovic, and we got something else to talk about. Okay. Let's just let's just kind of jump around a little bit. Here. Okay. So Novak Djokovic, I want to talk about this for a minute because I was listening. You know, I'm a geek when it comes to sports podcasts and everything else. And Andrew Brandt has a great sports business podcast. And this week he had on um, one of the guys he had on was it was all Novak Djokovic talk. It was funny because it was right after my podcast dropped where I went in on Novak Djokovic. And if you didn't hear Tuesday's podcast, basically Novak Djokovic, uh, as you know, is a nine-time champion of the Australian Open. He's won 21 majors, and he has he's, a, he's not vaccinated for COVID-19, and he tried to get an exemption from the Australian tennis uh, organization and was told he would get said exemption from the Australian tennis organization, mm-hmm. was given a visa to go to Australia to participate in the, in the Australian Open. However... He lied on his applications. He lied and lied lied. and lied. He flat out lied. Now, what he tried to do when he filled out his application on the 10th of December is when he filled out his application and it was temporarily approved. So the way it works in Australia, you're given the visa, but once you arrive, you have to go over it. And from there, you were then let in or sent back. And he gets there on the, sorry, he gets there on the 31st, but on the 16th, Novak Djokovic has now reached out that he would tested positive for COVID-19. So word is that on the 16th, he was given an exemption, or oh, sorry, on the 10th, he was given the exemption because he had COVID-19. However, he didn't come down, he didn't get COVID-19 till, or test positive till the 16th. There's some lies here on this application. And I, th- I believe it's been come to known that he was at some parties, some press yeah. events. So there was a party after the 16th that some videos and some social media stuff back in his home country of Serbia, where he was attending some parties, non-masked, mm-hmm. and again, not vaccinated, and had already tested positive. On the 16th, the day he found out he tested positive, he also was at a kid's clinic, a kid's tennis clinic. Yes. There's a bunch of pictures of him posing with these kids, no mask, having known he had tested positive for COVID-19. On the yes. 17th, he participated in a photo shoot with a, with, a, uh, with a magazine, again, at his home in Serbia. And again, no mask in the pictures. I did understand the interview he did wear a mask. I was told that. 
Okay. So that was something that was corrected. But again, did this whole photo shoot, everything else, while testing positive for COVID-19. Um, I got a problem with this. And this is not being, I, 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 Australia has different rules than we do in the US. They have a strict vaccination mandate. Uh-huh. And I understand here it's all about your personal freedoms and everything else. I'm not going to get into a political argument about this. That's not what this is about. This is about a man lying about on his visa. Uh-huh. And it's also about, we, we hear a lot about spoiled athletes, people who don't like, when they don't like an athlete, they'll call them a spoiled athlete. And we hear that often here in the United States. We hear that about, you know, baseball players and football players. Anytime there's a contract dispute. Right. Like, oh, the spoiled player. We're going to hear about that in a baseball lockout. We're going to hear a lot more about that. And yes. Talk about our, that's our next subject, going to baseball. But this baseball lockout, I warned, we're going to hear people say these spoiled athletes. Yes. Novak Djokovic is a spoiled athlete. He wanted an exception to the rules because he's an athlete. That's what's going on. He wanted an exception to the rule because he is who he is. Not just because he's an athlete, but because of who he is. is. The bigger issue that I have with all of this and with decisions that some people choose to make when you completely disregard the concern for other people around you by choosing to go out and wild out, not wear a mask, not tell people, you know, it's just like one of those things when you cough, you should cough into your elbow and not just cough openly. Yeah. Right. So why he chose to make those decisions goes back to his ego and everything else. And there's probably some whole psychological explanation that you put behind it beyond just him saying, fuck you to everyone around him because he's more important than everyone else. And I just, I don't like that mindset with anyone. No one is more important than anyone else. Yeah. Now, and again, I, 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 this is not us railing people who don't get vaccinated. That's not what we're doing here at all. No. I'll go furthermore to say I have friends and people that I know, like, and respect. I do as well. Who do not want to wear masks or do not want to get vaccinated. But you know what they do? They do yes. wear masks. They understand the implications of that. And they say, I don't want to be a carrier. I don't want to affect anybody else. I'm just being careful with my body. Yeah. And, and they are going out that. and they are going out that. and doing a bunch of stuff Yeah, around a bunch of people like, parties or press junkets or, yeah. you know, sports clinics. Yeah. I mean, I, I understand the idea of, I, I don't want to inject something into my body that I'm yeah. not a hundred percent comfortable with. So instead I'm going to follow what the best ideas are to protect myself and those around me. Hey, look, if you're living that way, I got zero problems with that. Zero. Yep. Cause you're being respectful of everyone else around you. While having your personal freedom. That's wonderful. Where I got a problem is personal freedom people who, well, you're taking our rights away and I don't care what any happens to anybody else. Correct. That is and my- that's what Novak Djokovic has done. He doesn't yes. give a fuck about anybody else. He's just said, I'm Novak Djokovic and I deserve to be in the Australian Open because I won this thing nine times. Yeah. And no, it- 
that's forever. That is my issue with all of these people, whether it's um, Kyrie, whether it's, you know, Aaron Rodgers, where it's some of the other people that have come out and dilly dallied around it or soft footed around it. Well, I will say the one who's earned some of my respect in the last couple of months has been Kyrie Irving. And here's why. Every interview I see with Kyrie Irving, he's wearing a mask. Every interaction I see with Kyrie Irving away from the basketball court, he's wearing a mask. It's not in his situation where he's saying, I don't believe in vaccines. I don't believe in all this other stuff. There's plenty to make fun of with with Kyrie Irving. Absolutely. But, But at least he's being thoughtful of those people around him. I don't like the fact that the Nets gave in and let him play part-time. I don't like that, but not my team. Don't really care yeah. in the long run. You know, it's, I think it's going to hurt the Nets in the long run. When they, what are they going to do if they're in the finals against the Warriors? You know, he won't be able to play at all. Well, yeah. it, it's, it's not even that. I mean, yeah. what if he exposes his teammates? Yes, that is that's the thing. So if he's doing the right things, he shouldn't. But there is no guarantee of that. And exactly. So I think part of being a teammate, especially in a team setting, you probably should consider it. Um, the other thing I find funny is that there are people who are trying to get exemptions and they try to say it's religious based. I ain't seen a religion yet that says we are anti this, this vaccine. Um. I think there are probably a, a certain sets of things that just don't believe in modern medicine altogether. Yeah. yeah. You know, and but I haven't seen one come out and get a real, I haven't seen anybody in a real religious exemption yet. You can say it. I mean, that's just like that to me, it's if you're doing something along those lines, right. you're saying, well. This, you know, this leg of this wing of this branch of this religion. I mean, that's as fake as, you know, no man was on Married with Children. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, again, I, I, I went a little political on this one, but hey, it is what it is in this case. I, but I, Novak Djokovic lost, I mean, a lot of standing in my eyes. This is a great, an incredible tennis player, one of the all time greats. He, he's amazing. He is. And we got this thing with him and Federer and Nadal. Uh, Nadal, who's going to have the most, you know, this is the mm-hmm. equivalent. Him missing a, 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 this in the Australian Open would be, I heard this, Beaumont Jones said this is like, it's a great, a great, great way of looking at it. It's, the, it's similar to what if Tiger Woods was getting close to Nicholas's record in golf, his major record. He was yeah. still three or four away, but if he was right up against it and all of a sudden they wouldn't let him into, you know, the UK to go play at the British Open. Again, he's not owed that opportunity. No. And he, he can't just get in because he's tired. You know, that's the example I'm trying to use here. Novak Djokovic should have known better. He should have. And his people, my understanding of what I heard on the Andrew Brandt podcast was Djokovic's people have been telling him, you're going to lose in court. His attorneys have said, you're not going to win. From the jump. From the jump and from the beginning. And they told him, even when he was in Australia, they said, hey, you can stay here and fight this, or you can just go ahead and go home. Well, and you know. production out of being there for two more weeks. 
He did. Losing and losing over and over in court. And choosing to throw his agent manager under the bus on top of it when these were his own personal decisions. To explain what you meant by that was, if you didn't hear earlier in the week, uh, Novak Djokovic said the the, uh, incorrect information on his visa um, uh, application were done by his agent, not by him. And to so me, he, that's just... He threw his agent on the bus. It's weak. Yeah, and that's what an agent's supposed to do. I mean, you, if you're an agent, you're supposed to be kind of an asshole and what to let your client do that to you. But it's still a dick move. And it, it is. Yeah. So, you know, a little more came out about Novak Djokovic. And I hope he went back to Serbia. I hope he... I guess his people back in Serbia, like his father and a few others been on social media... Tomorrow, we're going to hit the streets and have going to be an uprising. Uh, you know, that like, hey, hey, there's a reason I ain't messing with them people. <laughs> there, as we talked about um, several weeks ago, yeah, with Jokic, mm-hmm. um, you know, throwdown, yeah, uh, I, I wouldn't mess with them either, and I it just, yeah, I don't so, know, it just seems like a very short sighted decision. Yeah. given everything, but I'm not in his shoes. So yeah, that's true. Um, here's my question about this. Two questions. One, yep. you know, as of right now, he can't play in the French Open either. Now, it's in May. We're still mm-hmm. you know, three and a half months away, but right now he can't get into France. So yeah. this guy is going to, he's going to die on his sword and, and, you know, miss the Australian Open and possibly the French Open. What about uh, is uh, Wimbledon isn't until June, right? Yeah, it's usually, okay. yeah, it usually ends around Father's Day. Yeah, and then the U.S. Open is, uh, yep, yeah. into September, ends over Labor Day weekend. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Jen wants to go this year. So. Uh, but anyway, um, I, I just wanted to talk about that for a minute. But here's another question about this. So a lot of what tennis players make, their income is not really based upon, if you're the top, if you're the tippy top guys. A lot of your income is not based upon your winnings in the tournament. No, it's sponsorships. sponsorships. When are the sponsors going to start running? I mean, when that was going to be a bridge too far for a sponsor. So that was the big question around Aaron Rodgers, right? When all of his, I was inoculated, um, came was immunized. out. Was immunized. immunized. Excuse me. Like something you know, been said. I mean, immunized, uh, baby. You know, is State Farm going to drop him? Yeah. This, that, and the other. And no, I think there might have been a pause in yeah. some of the airings of they his did. commercials. They did. they did pause like for a couple of weeks, his commercials. But is that really going to affect him in any kind of monetary way? Yeah. And with these very established athletes, like, um, you know, uh, with any of them, they've been in yeah. their sports for so long. They've made so much money between, um, you know, tournament earnings, yearly salaries, plus their sponsorships and everything else. They probably on some level really don't care because they are Scrooge McDucking through their money and are fine. So yeah. if these were younger, Athletes and not so established, but were on that really sharp upward trajectory. I think there might be a, a greater impact. Yeah. 
But all these guys have been around for 10, 15, 20 years in yeah. their respective league. And so they're on the downside. Yeah. Well, I mean, I wonder if some of his big, um, um, some of Djokovic's big sponsorships, ASICs, um, Head, I don't know what Head is. Uh, it's Jets. Tennis Rackets. Tennis Rackets, okay. Um, Lacoste, that's the clothing people. Yeah, they're the ones with the alligator. Yeah. So they are the ones that are, this is their, they just said this. They're reviewing the events that have happened in his presence in Australia. So Lacoste is actually reviewing this. Um, Swiss watchmaker Hublot. I don't know my watches that well. Uh, I've only got a couple of them and one's an Apple watch. So it's um, probably a luxury brand. Probably still got a luxury brand. I would agree. Uh, let's see. Their Hubla, this is their quote, Novak Djokovic is his own person. We cannot comment on any of his personal decisions. Hublot will continue its partnership with the world's number one tennis player. Um, let's see. Uh, the bank, the bank is staying with him. So um, last year he made $30 million in endorsements. Yeah. Um, and many of them, according to this article on Forbes, four or five of them here, including NetJets and a couple others, uh, did not comment or have not commented publicly and would not comment to the Forbes right No, they're not going to. And they're not going to pull sponsorships because it's not to the level of yeah. some things yeah. that are deemed, <clears throat> excuse me, deemed to be far worse than yeah. just being an asshole. Let me ask the question this way. So this is an American in a yeah. team sport. Mm -hmm. This could be grounds for cutting somebody. Hasn't happened yet. Nobody's going to do it. No team. Uh, no team. No team. team. No. If this were Seth Curry, this wouldn't happen to him. No way would cut it. Look at someone like Anthony Rizzo. Okay. He was, he went from the Cubs to the Yankees. He yeah. is not vaccinated yeah. and was part of that super spreader thing that happened to the Yankees this yeah. year. Good point. This is, this is not going to happen in U.S. Okay. sports. Okay. So I think people can look side-eye and make their commentary and try to have a discussion around it, but there will be no financial impact. So to me, and I'm just spitballing, I'm not saying what's worse. I really don't know. What's Okay, Novak Djokovic did this, hasn't lost his sponsors. Tiger Woods slammed his car into, you know, he had a wreck, famous, before the wreck, when he had the thing with his wife. Oh, no, that was the wreck. No, I mean, he, he had the whole ambient yeah, thing because his wife was chasing yeah. him. He's with the golf club, yeah. On Thanksgiving. And he lost evening. damn near all of his sponsors. Because of the salaciousness yeah. around everything that was coming out with his yeah. mistresses. Okay. Sex? is totally different than personal health. Isn't that, you know, I don't know. I don't really don't know what's worse. It's fucked up. I, I mean, I, I, I kind of think what Novak Djokovic just did is worse than what Tiger Woods did. Honestly, what I would tell a man and a woman is, is their relationship, not ours. What happens in people's bedrooms, so long as no one is getting hurt, yeah. does not matter to me. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. And I, I, you know, I, I, I've always said what 
what happens between a man and woman is nobody else's business. And you can never really have a strong opinion. Um, I've got friends, we have friends who mm-hmm. have been through divorces and you hear people go, well, he wasn't great to her. Or she wasn't good to him. Hey, look, you don't really know. No, well, you, you don't. You hear from the representatives of both sides, you know, and you're friends with both of them. I've had that happen a couple of times now. And you just go, okay, well, the truth's somewhere in the middle. And you just wish them both the best. And here's the thing. And what happens between, between them? It is. But the U.S., as compared to most Western European countries, is very puritanical, very prim yeah. and proper. And the ideas around sex that many of us grew up with and are starting to probably work through and out of are so lodged in our psyche that when we hear something about like Tiger having multiple mistresses across the country is so like dirty and weird. Yeah. But some of those things don't seem salacious anymore. They don't. Maybe it's because I'm getting older and I'm like, look, this kind of happened. I'm not saying it's happening in most people's lives. I don't know, but we hear about it. And then everybody's in something. Yes. Absolutely. I'm not going to and judge somebody else. No. I don't want them judging me. But to your point of that versus affirmatively choosing to expose yourself and others to a potentially deadly virus because you're bothered by having to wear a mask or whatever. And it's not like a really educated reason as to why you're not being more careful or getting vaccinated. To me, I agree with your point saying this should be more damning than who you're sleeping with and when. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I just, again, I, I, maybe it's just one man's opinion, but that's kind of where I'm at on that. So I, I that we agree. Yeah. All right. Let's get off the, that's kind of heavy and deep and I don't want to go that far. So let's, <laughs> um, Hey, we are both big baseball people. So let's talk about some baseball for a few minutes here. Okay. Um, coming up by, let's see, this is, we're recording this on the 19th on the 25th. So in six days, it'll be, Five days or four days, whatever it is, when you guys hear this. Uh, major, uh, not major league, the baseball hall of fame. That is not major league baseball. Baseball hall of fame will announce their 2022 inductees. Um, they've already had what they call the early baseball committee and the golden days committee have already announced. So that's what we hear. We talked a few weeks about Buck O'Neill is, mm-hmm. is going to be inducted in Cooperstown this, 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 uh, this July. Uh, Bud Fowler, who was one of the original uh, great African-American players, one of their earliest known African-American mm-hmm. players, is going to be inducted. They were part of the early baseball uh, committee. The Golden Days committee has got Minnie Minoso, who, if you know, is a white sock. He played in five different decades. Um, Gil Hodges, the Brooklyn Dodgers and New York Met great. Jim Cott, the pitcher from the Minnesota Twins and numerous of the teams, 16 gold gloves. Uh, a big voice on uh, This Week in Baseball in uh, the old um, uh, Saturday afternoon games on NBC back in the 80s mm, and 90s. Mm-hmm. He's going to be inducted. Tony Oliva from the Twins, a great hitter from the 60s and 70s, is also going to be inducted. Um, big applause for all of them, all well-deserved. Absolutely. Those, those committees work kind of weird. So every year 
two of the committees meet, there are 16 people in those committees. If you get 12 votes, you're in. You can only vote for four people. Um, so the, this year was the golden years in the early baseball committee. Uh, next year will be two other committees. There are two other ones. Um, and I won't get into all that right now. But uh, those are the ones we already know are going in. Irregular ballot. This is the players who are from. They have to be out of the game for five years mm-hmm. between the fifth. And then they have 10 years that can be on the ballot. And you must get 75% of the vote. And this vote is done by the Baseball Writers Association. Uh, current Hall of Famers also have a vote as well. So um, there are four players who are in their 10th year. Mm-hmm. This is big because players have gotten in on the 10th year many times because it's the 10th year. And some writers just fill the name in. Uh, Jim Rice was one of those. Uh, couple of years ago we actually went to the hall of fame and uh, alan trammell and jack morris were two of those mm-hmm. on their 10th year this year's 10 years are all interesting conversations i'm going to read the four <laughs> barry bonds roger clemens kurt schilling sammy sosa now if you know anything kurt schilling barely missed last year he got 72 percent of the vote last year mm-hmm. he just missed and a lot of the reason, and I do believe this, and I, while I don't agree with him on a lot of stuff, I do think Kurt Schilling hasn't gotten in because of his politics. He is a far right wing, very vocal, Trump supporting guy. Very that's been his that's been his jam. Agree or not agree, I don't care. We're not arguing that. Mm-hmm. I think that has held him back. I, I would fully agree on that. I mean, it is what it is, and and he knows that. So much so that when he didn't make it last year, he asked the Hall of Fame to take his name off the ballot this year. They did not oblige. <laughs> they kept him on. He did ask that if he does get into the Hall of Fame, he does not want to wear a Red Sox cap. Oh, he's going to wear a diamond cap? I know. So the major league, the Hall, I'm sorry, the Hall of Fame chooses your cap. The player doesn't have a say. Mm. he's asked to not to be the Red Sox. The most famous thing of Kurt Schilling's career is the bloody sock game, which was in the, which, which was with the Red Sox in their last four. He was incredible. He had the game where they had to suture up his ligaments. He could pitch that night. They kept zooming in on the sock, the bloody sock game. He was fantastic. Um, he won championships with the Red Sox. He won a championship in Arizona to Diamondbacks and Randy Johnson famously. Mm-hmm. Uh, put together a team, or it was the two pitching staff, two big guys in their pitching staff that ran an, an 01, beat that yeah. monkey team. Killed the bird. Thanks, yeah. Randy. Randy Johnson killed a bird in a, in a, in a, in a spring training game. Yeah. Um, that's an awesome, awesome. Thing. It's so great. If you, have, <laughs> if you have no clue what we're talking about, go to YouTube, search Randy Johnson <laughs> bird, and it's only about five, 10 seconds. He's going through the pitch, boom, whips it out there and hits a bird with the ball on the way to home plate. Yeah. Poor and, pigeon. I mean, that bird had no clue it was coming either. That no. Was, poor bird just swooping through and just, yes. he gets it. What a hell of a way to die. You know, the birds at that funeral were like, oh my God. <laughs> it would be very much an office kind of scenario where Michael Scott had had the funeral for the bird that ran into the window. So. <laughs> 
I can see that. That would be I, like a I funeral pyre and everything. This so, would have been a great skit on some kind of skit movie where yes. you a uh, skit show where you just it was Saturday Night Live, you know, the, the funeral for the bird killed by Randy yeah. Johnson. Or Mad TV, something. Yeah, yes. it would have been great. Um, so let's talk about those first four because I think they're all four important to baseball history. Okay. So here's going to be the thing with this class and probably through A-Rod, who's on his first ballot. First ballot um, baseball writers are idiots. I, I want to say that up front. They have really weird unspoken rules, very much they like do. unwritten rules, sorry, very much like baseball does, that they feel like they have to adhere to, that no one can make it on the first ballot. Yeah. And steroids are verboten and so therefore anyone who came up through the steroids area era or was implicated which um clemens testified during the congressional hearings i don't believe bonds did but we all could clearly see his the, physical changes the, the damning thing on barry bonds is the book um yes Game of shadows yeah yeah Game of shadows and, just goes through it just kills bonds and uh sosa you know of course he's also a game of shots and you know can you get past that can you just see them for players that were doing great things during the periods that they were playing for i have issues with all four of them for a variety of reasons but i would not have huge issues voting them in okay so i agree with you um, I, baseball writers are really weird. Um, <laughs> of the four guys, Bonds, mm-hmm. Clemens, Schilling, Sosa. I would not vote for Sammy Sosa. He I don't think his one. career was good enough. I, no, he has he had... no freaky home run number. And if it wasn't through the steroid error, he would get in based on the home run number. But I think Sosa and McGuire are kind of the yeah. same cat in that way. They just weren't good enough players to be Hall of Fame. No, and I fully agree, but that one season yeah. was a hell of a season. Yeah. You can argue that Sosa and McGuire saved baseball. Correct, because it was right after the lockout, right? Yeah, you had the lockout, you had Ripken break the streak, and then you had McGuire and Sosa, and that brought people back in mass to the game. Yes, yep. Um, now, having said that, I would vote for all three, Bonds, Clemens, and Schilling. Okay. Now, the one that's hardest for me is Schilling. Absolutely agree. And I'll be real blunt. I'm the direct opposite of a lot of his political beliefs. Mm-hmm. And it's hard for me because I'm a Red Sox fan. And in 04, oh man, he was my guy. I mean, it was, and he, but here's what I don't like about what he's done these last couple of years. He's also fought in a way, I think you're right, with the, um, the, the, the writers have their rules, mm-hmm. spoken or unspoken. Uh, written or unwritten, a better, better way to put it. He's been so outspoken against it, which in and of itself is not a big deal. But this is the guy who he really carried himself as a respectful to baseball guy his yes. entire career. Yep. He was the first pitcher that if his batter got beamed in his dugout, he, he was, was going to in. your guy. Mm-hmm. He, the unwritten rules, Kurt Schilling was one of the keeper of the rules. His Twitter handle was Gehrig was Gehrig four. I mean, it was an homage to Lou Gehrig, his favorite mm-hmm. player. 
Um, I mean, he was a baseball guy. And because he's now held in contempt by a lot of people, he's just turned his back on that. That's difficult for me. But he's a Hall of Fame pitcher. It, it's hard to argue against it. And beyond the politics, you know, the, the whole video game company that he bankrupt and yeah. really fucked a lot of people off over correct. on. Yeah. The big story um, on that, you look it up, Kurt Schilling video game. He screwed uh, a lot of people. He did. He did. And, you know, so there's a lot of things. But if you really just want to look at the numbers and the stats and what he accomplished between the two teams, yeah. it's pretty phenomenal. Yeah. Roger Clemens is one of the best one-game pitchers I've ever seen. I mean, I'd run him out there against hardly any – against. I, there's, there's very few pitchers I would have run out in one game ahead of Roger Clemens. Yeah. I can think of a few. I mean, Bob Gibson, Nolan Ryan, Sandy Koufax. Sure. But Roger Clemens is phenomenal. Now, we he was know there's a steroid issue. Yes. And, he, you know, he came back a couple of times and was bigger and stronger, and we know what you were doing. We haven't, we just haven't come to grips with that as baseball fans. Mm -hmm. And the Hall of Fame hasn't come to grips with that. Mm -hmm. um, they really need to because there are other members of the Hall of Fame that weren't good people. Correct. And not for drugs, but for any variety of reasons. I mean, and but we have certain people who are blackballed and these, these four guys are blackballed right now. Yes. Um, I do think that Roger, so I've seen where there's this, the tracker mm -hmm. of, you know, who of the known ballots, who's mm -hmm. going to get in. It looks like Bonds and Clemens are going to be close. Okay. It doesn't look like Schilling's going to be close. And Sosa's way back. Um, Barry Bonds, I think, is a no-brainer. <laughs> look, I read Game of Shadows, and Game of Shadows is all about Balco, and it is damning. I mean, it is damning. You know yeah, there's he tells in the book, it goes back to the conversation where Barry Bonds says to people, I'm going to do this because, well, if everybody else is getting away with it, I might as well, too. Well, and that's where you look at, you know, people like Andy Pettit, who was more peripheral, maybe still a little unclear. And some of these players, I mean, frankly, coming through. Until the early 2000s, really. Yeah. Yeah. I think the last two to look at are both first ballot guys this year. And that's David Ortiz and, and mm -hmm. uh, Rodriguez. David Ortiz is the one tracking the highest right now, surprisingly, of everybody. Uh, he, uh, he had, but he has so much goodwill yeah. within oh, and baseball. I, I love Big Poppy. If you don't yeah. like Big Poppy, there's something wrong with you. Yeah. Um, but Big Poppy's also the other thing against David Ortiz is. He's the only to be the second DH, regular DH. Edgar Martinez was the first, and he kind of mm -hmm. broke that wall down. And now Ortiz will probably get in. But to go back to Barry Bonds for a minute, Barry Bonds is in the handful of, you can argue, the greatest players of all time. Mm -hmm. Some of these numbers he put up are Ruthian. Yeah. You know, he had, he had seasons where he had more walks than outs. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there were games where Barry Bonds was so good that people would walk him with the bases loaded. Yeah. I've seen it. I went to a game years ago. This is, uh, you know, my brother Barry. Mm -hmm. My brother Barry got married first time. Mm -hmm. um, 
I got to go from here in Kansas City. I got to go to Atlanta, meet my grandmother, and drive with her from Atlanta to Kansas to come to the wedding. Mm. So I tell her, she's gone now, so I can tell the story out loud now. Um, I tell her, hey, I'm coming in on the 7.30 flight. I actually came in on the 10.30 in the morning flight last Sunday morning after my brother's bachelor party. But what I did was I took my backpack with me and I went to Turner Field and I watched mm. the Braves versus the Giants. Greg Maddox is pitching for the Braves. <sighs> All right. So again, the worst trade the guy, Cubs ever did. Talk about talk about one game guy, Maddox. God damn, I love him. Braves win the game 2-1. Okay. Mm-hmm. 2-1 Braves win the game. Uh, Chipper Jones is a home run to win the game late. Hmm. Maddox is cruising along. Mm-hmm. First, first inning he faces Bonds, he walks. Mm-hmm. Okay, so four pitches, just put him on. We're not going to want to deal with this. There's already two out, but just Bonds, okay. Everyone's booing Bonds every time he comes up. Second time, Bonds flies out. Everyone's booing Bonds. Mm-hmm. Third time, Bonds comes up, he hits a home run that still hasn't landed. The <laughs> ball still hasn't landed. And by the time he touched home plate, everyone was cheering for Bonds because they know they'd seen something. Mm-hmm. You knew you'd seen something. You just saw Barry Bonds hit a 400-foot home run off of Greg Maddox. Yeah. And you're like, whoa. And that's the day I, I was convinced. I'm like, this dude is just a whole different world of ballpark. Now, was it the Royals? Was it not? There are a lot of talk. And again, I... Was it both? Yeah. <laughs> I would encourage anybody to read Game of Shadows. I think it's one of the best things, best books of reporting in sports I've ever read. Probably number mm-hmm. one or number two. And I, it's very damning when you hear about some of the stuff that Barry Bonds was doing. Mm-hmm. But when you see when he started doing this, this is in his Giants career. He's, two, he's about two years into his Giants career. He already had a Hall of Fame career. In Pittsburgh. With the Pirates, yeah. He was already great. He was already 500 home runs, you know, three-time MVP, and could do everything with the Pirates. Mm-hmm. And then he does this, and he goes to a whole other stratosphere, where, again, he's in the argument for the greatest player of all time. Sure. So I, I think you have to put it. If you want to put something on his plaque that says, you know, accuse of steroid use, accuse of using performance-enhancing drugs, do that. But you can't tell the story if you're a Hall of Fame of the sport without some of these guys, without Kirk Schilling, without Roger Clemens, without Barry Bonds, frankly, without Pete Rose as well. And no, and I fully agree on that. And so the argument would be is that whatever you declare the steroid era to be, doesn't everyone in an asterisk whether they were using? Yeah, but we don't know. And not even that. I mean, for the guys who weren't, and continue to excel. Yeah. Is there some extra bonus yeah. that they should get as far yeah. as recognition for doing this without anything? Yeah. All right. Have you seen the ballot? You were kind enough to send me some homework okay. a couple hours ago. Okay. And I, I've kind of glanced through it okay. and made some snap decisions. Okay. So here you got, you're allowed to vote for 10 people. That's the way the ballot works. You can only vote for 10. I'm going to read off names, and this is going to be quick. I'm going to be quick. We already talked about the first four. Bonds, Clemens, Schilling, Sosa. They're their 10th year, 10th and final year. Uh, Jeff Kent is in his ninth year. 
Gary Sheffield's in his eighth. Uh, Billy Wagner's in his seventh. Manny Ramirez in his sixth. Andrew Jones, Scott Rowland, Omar Vizquel are in their fifth. Todd Helton and Andy Pettit in their fourth year of eligibility. Bobby Abreu in his third year. Mark Burley, Tim Hudson, Tory Hunter in their second year of eligibility. I mean, they got the requisite, I think it was 5% to stay on the ballot. Mm-hmm. Brand new to the ballot, and some of these will fall off. Carl Crawford, Prince Fielder, Ryan Howard, Tim Lincecum, Justin Morneau, Joe Nathan, David Ortiz, Jonathan Papelbon, Jake Peavy, A.J. Przinski, Alex Rodriguez, Jimmy Rollins, Mark Teixeira. You get 10 votes, E. How many do you need? So I think we're agreed on the top three. Okay. You're taking Bonds, Clemens, and yeah. I feel like Manny needs to be in there. I think I Manny's know. a bridge too far. Okay. And I'm a Red Sox fan saying that. I, know. I love Manny Ramirez, but I think Manny Ramirez is a bridge too far. Um, I know a lot a lot of folks out here would love to see Todd Helton. Uh, I think Todd Helton's very worthy. He's not on my ballot, but he's very worthy. Uh, he would be interesting. I do I'm think not... eventually Tom, Todd Helton will get in, but he's going to be that ninth and tenth year guy. I, I, I can see that. Uh, I would frankly love to see Andrew Jones in there. He's on just, He just a a really fun player to watch. Yeah. Um, I don't think I mentioned, did I mention Gary Sheffield? No, you didn't, but he's on my ballot too. So I also think that he is well past time. Chef's great. I think he's really, I think he's one of those underrated players of all time. I agree. Um, he's just done a lot for a lot of teams. Yeah. And then I kind of dropped down to the first ballot tier and I was shocked to see that Prince Fielder was eligible. (laughs) The injury thing with Prince Fielder, had he not hurt his back as bad as he did, he would have played more years and had a legit shot. Right. He's on the ballot because he qualifies, but he's not going to go about next year. And and I think the same for Ryan Howard. I I think he, great player, great first baseman, but injuries kind of killed him. Yeah. Um, Morneau, hell of a catcher like i don't know how many modern day catchers can can measure to him so i would consider heavily putting him on there i don't like a rod so my personal predilections are going to be the fuck him and not you know that would be the no one makes it on the first ballot kind of fuck you uh Big Poppy, of course, you have to. Shara, I'm questionable on. I think PV is also pretty worthy of that. Blind is a bat. <laughs> yeah. Heard about him? Blind, yeah. He's, just, he's Mr. Magoo, what I enjoy. Yeah. But uh, that's kind of where I land. Like, All right. I'm going to read off who I've got here. So uh, let me see. You've got Bonds, Clemens, Ortiz, Gary Sheffield, Andrew Jones, Kurt Schilling, Todd Helton, Manny Ramirez, Justin Morneau. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I agree on a lot of these. So Bonds, Clemens, Schilling are all on mine. I had to talk myself into Schilling, but again, I can't be the guy yelling at everybody else if I don't vote for him. So, right. Um, David Ortiz is a no-brainer to me. Yeah. I mean, I think that he is 
I think he and Derek Jeter are the two most important players the last 25 years for Major League Baseball. And I just think that he should get in. I think that he's he's awesome. Um, I also said Gary Sheffield. Uh, Gary Sheffield's on my list of just mm. the most just horribly underrated players. And Gary Sheffield played for one team for 10 years in his career. It would have been a no-brainer he'd have gotten. Right. But he went and played for seven or eight different teams. But he's great. And he should definitely be in. I mean, and just always consistent. Won championships in three different places. Yeah. Phenomenal player. Andrew Jones is still the best defensive outfielder I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. I mean, better than Jim Edmonds. He's the absolute best. He had a great career. Yeah. Andrew Have Jones is on my ballot. Uh, I mentioned Schilling already, and here's my other three we did not agree on. I all I do have a run. I, 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 I do not like the Yankees. I don't like Alex Rodriguez. That guy was a phenomenal baseball player. He's one of the all-time greats. He absolutely is. He's so great that when he went to the Yankees, they moved the wrong guy to third base. <laughs> they did. Derek Jeter should move to third. A-Rod's a 10 times better shortstop than Derek Jeter. He's a better player than Derek Jeter. I mean, just phenomenal. If I had to choose one, if I had to choose one of those two guys, I would take A-Rod every single time. But who gives better gift baskets? Apparently Jeter does. <laughs> Hey, you know what? I put those two guys in a bar if they were going back and forth on what they've done and what they haven't done. I bet those two guys, I mean, who A Rod messed up on the Jennifer Lopez thing, man. You don't let someone like that get away. Yeah, that's what Ben said. He was smart, he got back. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other two, Jimmy Rollins to me is a hall. You know, I was looking at that name and I was just like, Jimmy Rollins is a hall. Baby. That dude is. Money. He just didn't win enough. His but career with the Reds was something. His, his years, I mean, he was great with the Phillies. Those years with the Phillies, he was great. I mean, he just, mm-hmm. I'll take oh, Phillies. Yeah. Excuse me. The other guy, I think it's going to get passed over. I'm not even sure he's going to even qualify for the ballot next year. That's Jonathan mm-hmm. Papelbon. I think Papelbon's one of the greatest closers of all time. I think, had it not worked out, had he not gone from Boston to Washington, Mm-hmm. the end of his career had he been able to stay in boston through three more years mm-hmm. it's in he's phenomenal and he's incredible um you know he went to washington as part of that that national team that won the one world series yeah and he's been great everywhere he went and he he's one of the greatest closers of all time he's not rivera but he's in that he's in the argument of the next tier and so i would have voted for Papelbon. okay that puts me at nine so I did not get to 10. You, know, you can only get to 10. I did not get to 10. Those are my nine. Um, I, if, if David Ortiz gets in, I'm probably going to go. And if you're a baseball fan, do induction weekend. If you've never done it, if there's somebody you like going in, go. Hmm. Is it fun? It's a blast. We went four years ago. Mm-hmm. We went the year Chipper Jones got in. Because mm. Ben loves Chipper and Jones. They're all different yep. player. I promised Jen, it was 2017. I promised Jen 2012 All-Star game. Because that was his last All-Star game. Yeah. Retire. And I said, I promise when he goes in the Hall of Fame, I will make sure you get to go. And so we went. Mm-hmm. And it was a tour company, does it great sports tours, I think they're called. They're phenomenal. 
Uh, they have a bug. We stayed in Albany, which is like an hour and a half away, but it's only like real city near Cooperstown. Yeah. Cooperstown, New York, is this little bitty town. Yep. In the middle of the mountains up there in the Catskills. And it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. The whole area is beautiful. The little town, it only has like 2,500 residents. And Hall of Fame weekend, it just blows up. There was like 50,000 people there. Yeah, it's like that. And the Little League World Series are yeah. the things. Yeah. Well, the Little League World Series is in Cooperstown. It's in Pennsylvania. And, uh, um, oh, okay. Uh, it'll come to me in a minute. So, but um, yeah, I mean, because the, there's literally, there's, there's a huge hotel, like a resort there mm-hmm. that's got the big golf, nice golf course and everything else. It's right on the lake. Um, phenomenal looking place. Like if you were going to take your family somewhere on a vacation mm-hmm. and you just wanted to go somewhere for a week, that'd be incredible. Um, but Hall of Fame weekend, it just gets nuts. I imagine. And when we went, in the year we went, it was, let's see, Chipper Jones. Uh, that was the year that Travel and Morris got in. So Tiger fans were everywhere. Mm. Vladimir Guerrero got in. Yeah. I'll tell you the great thing about Vlad Guerrero. One, his induction speech was short which was great because it was hot mm-hmm. and you're outside. But what's great about when a Dominican player gets in is Dominicans come out. They support their people and they were all over all weekend long. Mm-hmm. They their flags and they're having a great time. And I got to tell you, their women, whoa! <laughs> oh my God. I Hats off to you. I mean, y'all, y'all make some good things down there. I'm just saying. I, I can see myself retiring down there. <laughs> I wouldn't last a week. <laughs> no. He had a heart attack a weekend. I wonder why. <laughs> um, just looking around. It, just, it happened. He had a heart attack just walking the streets. <laughs> um, but it, it, it was such a good time. We got to go to the Hall of Fame. The, the, the hall itself is great. Um, it's really kind of hard to see it all, even if you go two or three days in a row because it's just so crowded. Mm. Um, but it was the the induction ceremony is great. Um, if you get to go to the day before on Saturday, the induction's on Sunday. Mm-hmm. On Saturday at Double Day Field, which is the you know, Abner Double Day, is supposed to be the inventor of baseball. He wasn't the real inventor, but that's his credit to being the baseball inventor. So the little ballpark there is named for Abner Double Day. And they, there they have all the Hall of Famers that have come in for the weekend. Mm-hmm. They all go. And this is where they give the Ford Frick Award to the uh, uh, the journalist. So, so whether it's mm. here we went, it was Bob Costas. So it was great. The baseball you know, writer. You know he's going to give a great speech. Sure. So it was awesome. Um, and that when that's done, all the Hall of Famers leave there. They leave in the back of pickup trucks and they take them on a parade through Cooperstown into a dinner at the Hall of Fame. Oh, nice. It's a, it's a parade of all the, of the winners. So you, you see everybody who's there. And they, they do introduce everybody who's there. They introduce them all again at Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, we went, I mean, a lot of them were there. And it's kind of cool to see all those people at one time. So if you're an autograph person or a collector like I am, it's also great because there's also a lot of signings. Mm. Um, we went that time we met, I mean, a dozen different guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, from Ricky Henderson to Johnny Bench to Billy Williams, your Cubs fan, Billy Williams. Yeah. Um, I get to be my childhood hero, Dale Murphy. Nice. And I was like, I was like, and I was a grown ass man, just nervous as hell meeting Dale Murphy. Sure. And he was like, are you? And I, he like said something like he noticed how nervous <laughs> I was. And I was like, 
I'm sorry, dude. You were like my hero. And he was like, well, dude, unless they took a picture with me, signed a couple of autographs for me. He couldn't make cooler. Um, Ricky Henderson was actually really one of, one of my favorites too. Mm. Again. But uh, we, it's a great time. It's a great time to go. If you get a chance, do it. Um, so again, that's my plug for the Hall of Fame. But I thought it was interesting to talk about it because by next week, by the time we record next week, we'll announce it. And um, when I did see the tracker last, it looked like it was tracking that Bonds and Clemens had a chance. Mm-hmm. Ortiz is going to get in. Um, who are the other ones? Um, I think Kit had a chance. I would sure, I, I assume A-Rod. No, he was way back. Oh, like, interesting. It was like, he was like 40% of the known ballots. Hmm. There's a real heavy anti-A-Rod thing. If A-Rod gets in, it's going to be like Clemens and Bonds. It's going to be, he doesn't have as much um, credibility. As he doesn't have the Bond. Jeter backup. No, and like, and, and A-Rod's on TV, you know, he does, he does stuff pregame and postgame with Fox, and he does Sunday Night Baseball and ESPN. Yep. He's really good on Sunday Night Baseball, I think. I think he's exceptionally good, but um, he knows the game, mm-hmm. but he doesn't have the likability. Yes. Like Big Poppy does. Yeah. yeah. I mean, again, you don't like Big Poppy. That doesn't mean there's something wrong with Big Poppy. It means there's something wrong with you. Yeah. That dude is just universally liked. I mean, Jen wants to go because she wants to meet Big Poppy. She wants to give him a hug. Oh. It's like I, her, I, her like biggest thing in the world. Like if she could meet anybody, she would want to meet Big Poppy. He would give good hugs. That's what Jen, I, I can see that. He's a big guy. Yeah. Big guys, we give good hugs. Yeah. So. so thinking about all of this and the lead-in, mm-hmm. given that we're in a lockout situation, does the Hall of Fame balloting coming out next week have any impact on any negotiations and what's going to happen Two weeks from now, the spring training is supposed to start, what, the first or second week of February when pitchers and catchers are supposed to report? Yeah, usually in a couple weeks. So what what are your thoughts on that? Well, I don't think they have any – I don't think there's any any uh, tie to it. I think they're, I mean, they're completely different things. Okay. But I do think that – I think we're going to get down to the dirty stuff soon. I think the messages are going to get sent out sooner, sooner than later. Once we get to where we're four or five, you know, less than a week away from the real pitchers and catchers report today, that's when I think the first blow will be from, from Major League Baseball. They'll come out and say, uh, the Players Association won't negotiate with us and uh, they won't negotiate and these players are snobs and these players are spoiled baseball players, spoiled rich kids and yada, yada, yada. Major League Baseball Players Association will then come back out a day or two later saying, hey, here's all the money. Mm-hmm. You guys have got all the money. You're just not being fair with us. And you locked us out. Correct. You yep. were willing to extend this deal. You didn't want to extend it. You wanted more of a bigger percentage of things. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think they will play. I don't think they'll get into spring training on time. I don't think there's any chance that they'll be in spring training on time. I fully agree with that. I, I I've heard from a couple people, I think it was um, Tim Kirchin and uh, a couple others who have said that um, their thoughts were, and what they'd heard from people behind the scenes was there'd probably be a truncated spring training, probably a week or two spring mm-hmm. training. 
mm-hmm. and then trying very hard to start the season on time the last weekend of March. Hmm. They have to go so early now because the season's so long and the extra rounds and everything else. Mm-hmm. But they don't even know how many rounds the playoffs are going to be until they have a negotiation with the Players Association and they have a final agreement. So they're going to have to get it done. Um, I think either that or they'll have seven days and just say, everybody show up and let's play. And I think where that's going to hurt is it's going to hurt the people who are the 25th, the 23rd, 24th, 25th, 26th roster. Those guys yes. are spring training. You know, Bryce Harper ain't going to have a problem. Aaron right. Jones is going to have a problem. They're going to be ready. But those guys who are fighting for jobs, and a lot of times you're going spring training games because you're hoping somebody else sees you and picks you up in a few weeks. You know, we also haven't had a whole lot of minor league baseball these last two seasons. Well, and so that was part of my question, too, is that given that this lockout and they've kind of restructured the minor leagues and how they're supporting them, and I think they've reduced the number of teams, if I remember correctly. A lot of them. you know, a lot of this argument from the Players Association is trying to get more pay equity to these minor league players because they make nothing. Yeah, we talked about this a few weeks ago when the lockout mm-hmm. started. A lot of what the players are arguing is about, and it's about an equity across the board, and it really mm-hmm. is for the rank and file and to the younger players. It's they're really arguing about service time. Yeah. Which is going to cost some of the higher level players years at the end of their career. Because what we're going to see is some of these guys who are late in their career, guys who are 38, 39, 40 years old, that maybe have held on like a pool holes the last couple of years. Right. Had those we're big 10-year contracts. contracts that long anymore. Because the rank and file is going to get higher, going to get higher, and these teams are going to not want to pay all that money out. But it seems like those veterans are okay with that, that they want to make this because it's going to be better for all. Yeah. But also, frankly, for the guys who are the top echelon players, they're looking at it like, hey, we're getting a free agency early. So if you are one of the true great players, yep. you're getting a free agency at 26 instead of 28. And they aren't holding you down in the minors yeah. for a few extra months yeah. to delay the Vlad Guerrero, Chris Bryant stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and so I think there's the give and take. So the players have have realized that. And for every Albert Pujols that wants to stay and play till he's 42 because he gets 30 million on his contract, mm-hmm. they're saying, "Well, what about Vlad Guerrero?" Mm-hmm. You know, for every mm-hmm. you know, you know. Um, Trying to think of you know the other guys like that, those guys who were at that level, and, and you go for every one of those, there's this younger guy, and this younger guy deserves it because he's the star. Yeah. And so it is an interesting fight. Um, we haven't heard much. We thought they'd be radio silence for a while. You, you and I talked about that, and we thought yeah. there's gonna be radio silence for a while. I think that after the Hall of Fame is announced, which again, we're about seven days away on that, six, seven days away. Uh, from after that, we get, like I said, four or five days for catchers, pitch, catchers and uh, pitchers reporting. That's when it's going to start coming out. And we're going to hear the Tim Kirchens and the, uh, 
Buster um, and Buster Olney's and everybody coming out saying this. Ken Redlinsall and yeah. all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Who was it? Okay. Um, Major League Baseball just fired one of their guys. Ken Rosenthal. Ken Rosenthal got fired by MLB. By yeah, MLB because MLB he criticized TV. the commissioner. He criticized the commissioner. First off, I think it's easy to criticize this commissioner. He's done a horrible job. Yeah, the Athletic and Fox continued their contract yeah. with Ken, but yeah. MLB Network said, yeah. eh, you got to go. I heard an interesting, another interesting podcast about this, and I, I was um, Sports Illustrated's media podcast had a deal hmm. about it, and they said, hey, you know what? We're talking about Ken Rosenthal, who many are predicting if he was on the ballot this year for the Ford Frick, would have won the Ford Frick Award. Mm-hmm. Um, he will probably get it next year, I imagine. Um, but Ken Rosenthal is universally respected. And Major League Baseball, when they got Major League TV, Major League Baseball TV, they went and hired these guys, and now they've cut them slowly but surely. Mm-hmm. And they've gone to they've gone younger, but what they've really done is they've got a PR people. Yeah. And so that's what they've really done. They've turned that into the Instead of being in the reporting leg, it's basically highlights and PR. Yep. And that's too bad. I mean, you know, NFL, you know, the NFL network does that, but they also allow for some criticism. Well, and you look at somebody like Rich Eisen, who has his own separate show daily. Yeah. That he's not going to hedge on a lot of that stuff. So, and that's just like on, on MLB TV, they had, intentional talk with Chris Rose and Kevin Millar. That's a great baseball show, by the way. It was fantastic. But Kevin Millar was willing to get after Major League Baseball. And I think that's a big reason why that show, I think after the fact, that's a big reason why that show's not on TV. Well, and a lot of people would say with Bill Simmons and ESPN after he went after Goodell, all of a sudden Grantland got shut down and he was gone and all of his stuff. So It's really important that you know, we talk about in our culture, we talked a lot about media in the last, especially in the last five to six years, mm-hmm. you know, it's political side. We talked about fake news. We talked about, you know, this company has this, and this company has that. If you want to look at the politics side, there's a reason those companies are who they are. Mm-hmm. And there's a reason where that all starts from CNN and, and Fox. You can go back to where they were founded. You can see where they are, who they are. But if you look on the sports side, that is absolutely happening. Oh, absolutely. There are less and less news outlets. And now these partnerships with corporations like Fox Sports, mm-hmm. like ESPN, I'm not saying Fox is right or left. Fox Sports has a deal with Major League Baseball and with the NFL. ESPN has stuff with the NFL and, and, and countless others. And they're not going to allow certain criticism. Well, you mentioned Bill Simmons earlier. Mm-hmm. You know, they're going to allow certain things. Stephen A. Smith can say a lot of things tongue-in-cheek about the Dallas Cowboys. Mm-hmm. But if Stephen A. Smith came out and said some really mean things about Roger Goodell, someone backstage is going to tell him, hey, you're not going to shit off. Yeah. You're not going to spoil this partnership. Dan Levitard. That's why he's gone. He gone because he went in on anybody he felt like going in on. And there's a reason why Holly Questionable is not on TV anymore. Correct. And that was the best of all those shows. And it still is. Yeah. Well, they're not on anymore. They already moved it. It's, it's straight you know, podcast, but, but it's, it's still yeah. great when, when programming. It was, when it was Dan and Bomani Jones and yep. Poppy, and that Mina was the and, best yeah. of all. And they brought up Mina Kynes and others. 
that was the best of all those shows in the afternoon because they were given real sports takes and it wasn't what the partnership wanted. It wasn't Correct. what ESPN had to hear, you know, and especially Levitard, he didn't let them go. I mean, he was going to protect those people. He talked about that plenty of times on his podcast now. Absolutely. Um, I love listening to him. I think his radio show now, it's on the podcast only now. Um, I think he's phenomenal. I think he's mm-hmm. one of the best out there. And I think he was, to give you an example, how good was PTI when PTI came out? It was great. It was great. And it was it, just so different. It was different. And, and they let those guys talk. And it was talking. It wasn't arguing. Yes. It was Kornheiser and Wilbon. And those guys were universally respected. Yes. And when they had somebody on in their place, even those guys were allowed to say what they wanted to say. Kornheiser yeah. went off on the NFL. Wilbon oh. would go in on the NBA. Yes. They don't now. Mm-mm. And now it's because they're collecting too big a check. I mean, Michael Wilbon's not criticizing anybody at the NBA office now. He might criticize a player or a team. And that show is still better than anything ESPN does in the morning. I would agree. Yeah, this get up and, you know, argument for the argument's sake. You know, we're going to argue about shit we don't even really believe in. Yeah. No, that's not, that's, that's just argument TV for the sake of arguing. I yeah, have, I don't never enjoyed it life for that. Yeah, we all have that friend who likes to argue for the sake of arguing. Yeah, just to play devil's advocate. Yeah, and I just don't deal with that in my life. Mm-hmm. I'll tell them that I'm like I don't I don't argue semantics. I don't argue for the sake of arguing. But I yeah I think that when you look at that, that's a whole different animal. And there are people on those shows that when you hear them on other platforms, they're great. Mina Kynes is incredible. She's amazing, and I adore her. Mina Kynes, yeah, she is. She's pretty adorable. Um, Mina Kynes is great. I think uh, um, Foxworth, Dominic Foxworth, I think is excellent. And they've got some people on there that you just go, okay, they're great. And they got some others where I'm just like, oh, you're just saying this because you have to, and you're not even really that good. Yeah, I mean, um, you get into people like Katie Nolan, who had a, a great platform and then all of a sudden was dropped and some of these yeah Katie I mean, Nolan was one of those Levitard people she was one yes. people that Levitard protected for a long time yeah and wouldn't let things happen to her and let her have a great voice yeah and as soon as he was gone unfortunately he couldn't protect them anymore. yep it 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 sucks yeah when Levitard left and they started his company I can't think of what it's called now but it's um something media anyway um he's they're all on there now yeah uh, they they're founded by espn's old head the old head of yes ESPN. yep i think of his name jimmy uh jimmy patero no i can't i know who you're talking Meadowlark, about but... it's metalark media yeah because that's what they did is they just said hey we're gonna just we're going to get in here and we're going to say what we want to say. We're going to report what we're going to report. And I think it's important that we have that in, whether that's in sports or anything. Um, you know, oh, middle lark, not middle land. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that's important to, to understand what's going on and that to be able to report this with everything that's going on with 
with sports and anything else. Um, Absolutely. You, you can't just report the spin. You have to report what's actually going on. Yeah. Yeah. And if you get a chance, oh my God. Uh, Lebertard's website is hysterical. Mm-hmm. Um, you were listening to that stuff. I listened to it on and off. Um, yeah. My friend Blaine will often tell me, you need to be listening today. And I'll yeah. kind of tune in because he's yeah. a diehard listener. And Yeah, I don't watch it. I listen to it every day. I do listen to some stuff here and there. And then I try to subscribe to a couple of the podcasts. Mm-hmm. I like Levitard. I like mm-hmm. um, Sarah Stu Gatz is great. Man, but, uh, yep. Stu Gatz is, uh, he's an acquired taste. Yeah. You either like Stugatz or you don't. You have yep. to just know that Stugatz is Stugatz. I, I, when we were coming up with the idea of this podcast, mm-hmm. the original idea was that Monday's pod would be like me trying to be like Levitard and Friday would be me like being Stugatz. Because you know you have two sides <laughs> in your brain. And I very much have that. I have mm-hmm. the, you know, the, the Brian side, if you will. Right. It's very, you know, geeky and these sort of things. And Analytical, this, that, and the Yeah. Other. And I get into all that stuff. And then you've got the bow, I can say it's the bow side of me. It's mm-hmm. the a little crazier, a little more off the wall. And that's the Stugatz part of me. You know, I mean, it's, I, I don't, I guess it's kind of how it's grown as I've gotten older. That if you wanted to like put a, a verbiage to it, that's what it would be. Okay. You know, if people know, I mean, people know me as Brian or Bo. And it's funny when someone knows me as you know, Brian O'Connor mm-hmm. and they hear somebody call me Bo for the first time, they're like, Bo. And I'm like, well, my nickname is Bo. It goes back to when I was young and this, this, and everything. People who have known me since I was young, they don't know Brian as well. Correct. They know Bo because Bo has always been outspoken and a little out there and this and that. Yep. And not as thoughtful. But as I've gotten older, Brian's winning. <laughs> well, I mean, hopefully most of us learn and grow. Yeah. It, it, it really is kind of funny to see that. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm trying to find. Yeah, so on Meadowlark Media, I mean, they've done a great job. And it's, it's you know, Dan and his crew. We were talking about all that earlier. And um, John Skipper is what I'm talking yes. about. Was, he's the CEO of Meadowlark Media. And he was the old... ESPN guy who came up with PTI and around the horn and 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 um and uh, brought along Grantland and yeah. everything else he, with he it exactly. and yep he's been the guy that brought all those things along and then he gets let go and it's like oh shit well him and Levitard came up with their thing now and they have a great interview when Levitard first left if you get a chance to go back in his in his podcast it's like five episodes mm-hmm. it's like five hours the two of them sit down talking about how Meadowlark Media started, why it's important, what they're trying to do. Um, you know, they're going to be, when good ESPN people leave or can leave, they're yeah. going to hire a bunch of them. They've already done it with, um, um, we just talked about her a minute ago. Not, not Mina Kynes, but... Uh, oh, Katie Nolan. Katie Nolan, yep. They've already mm-hmm. got Katie Nolan. Uh, I expect Sarah Spain to be there eventually. Mm-hmm. I'm secretly very very much in love with Sarah Speck she's a great Chicago one she's awesome in every which way you can be awesome <laughs> um, yes I was with some people this is before COVID and she's on around the horn one day and around the horn at the replay is up on the tv or the bar and you can't hear it and all of a sudden I look up and I'm just looking up 
and there's Sarah Spain doing her talking and I can't hear any of it, but it's Sarah Spain, so I'm not gonna stop watching. And someone says, what? And, and Jen was there, mm-hmm. my wife. And Jen says, oh, it's just Sarah Spain. It's, it's <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I, one of my dreams would be to go to a Cubs game with Sarah Spain. That would be awesome. Mm. I could probably die after that. Yeah, that would be good. Yeah. A Red Sox game with Katie Nola would be pretty cool too. Probably would be. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, like I, I, I like and Sarah Spain's got an incredible podcast, especially yes. if you're a lady, if you're a female sports fan, because she does a lot of female stuff and stuff that I'm learning. I mean, like I listen to it and I go, "Wow, that's really great." I wish I knew more about that. Mm-hmm. I think that's part of the reason that. I started doing this podcast because I wanted to learn more about things. That's good. So we got to get back to interviews. They're coming. coming. We already said Super Bowl after Super Bowl. Okay. Because Monday squads are about the football right now. We get after Super Bowl. I'll be back on interviews. We've got a couple set up already. In February. You got it. Yeah. I want I want Sarah Spain on my podcast. She's in my top five. Her, uh, I've tried. Uh, Shaq. Is when I, I want to get Shaq. I'm going to get Shaq on this podcast. Reach out. Use your network. You have a different network than most people do. We're looking. So yeah. do it. I've got one booked for after basketball season. Just got to get the time and we're all done. It'll be the biggest one we've ever had. Um, I, I would care to be involved. Should Let you me, choose to. I wish we had the hold music like Bomani Jones does. I'll just mute for a second. Hmm. It doesn't work that way, damn it. Okay, so I'm going to try to go back in and put the uh, hold music like Bomani Jones does in there. But uh, yeah, I, I, we have a big one that's going to come soon. I mean, even if I could just sit in the background, I, I, will, make, that, I will make that happen. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be amazing. I, I would very much appreciate I'll that. I'll make that happen. Yeah. So yeah, we got, we got to hook up on that one. And then uh, I've got a. Uh, uh, a big baseball name coming up probably in the summertime. And then um, someone's trying to introduce me to somebody. So I'm working on that. So. Good, good. Uh, I'm really happy have some for... more sports stuff coming on. I am happy to hear this. Yeah. I'm excited for you. Yeah, I'm working on those. But I did say I was going to wait to talk to Super Bowl. So, because okay. I like doing the Monday pod about the review of the weekend. So, um, what else you got? You got anything else? We've got a long time tonight and we've covered a lot of ground. We did. Um, we're closing out football season. That's exciting. Coming up to my favorite time of the year, which is the, the tournament. It's my birthday. Yeah. It's the tournament conference NCAA. Uh, I know it's not your jam, but uh, I, I will start watching basketball as soon as football season's over. You know, I was excited. I went to a Nuggets game this past weekend for the first time this season and uh, they blew out the Lakers and it was tremendous. Did LeBron play? Yes, he did. See, I have only seen LeBron play in person once. Oh, I've seen him, I think four or five times now. Yeah. I'm a LeBron stan. I I know that. I Um, I flip flop on the whole Jordan and him thing, but I, I, it's hard for me to pick anybody over Jordan as the greatest player ever, but man, LeBron is LeBron's just such a phenomenal athletic specimen. He is. I I don't disagree with that. I think the game is different. And so I'll continue to 
Yeah. Jordan would have been better today than LeBron would have been then. Absolutely. And usually you wouldn't say it that way. Usually you think the player now would be better back then. Different basketball game. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Because you would think that the more conditioned athlete, but I mean, it's just different game. I mean, the, yeah. way the game was more physical. The ticky-tack fouls are not ticky-tack fouls in the 80s. Correct. And that's why oh. I do really enjoy watching TNT and listening to Charles yeah. just rail on people. It's pretty hilarious. Yeah. I heard a great one. I was watching something this past oh God, it was a couple of weeks ago now, and it was, it was about Will Chamberlain. Mm-hmm. And in it, Will Chamberlain, they were asking, this is back when he was still alive, it was before he, a couple of years before mm-hmm. he died. He was in an interview right next to Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. And they said, who's the better player, you or Michael? And he said, well, Michael's incredible, but I'm the greatest player that ever lived. And he said, and the reason being is they made rules to, to help him. They made rules to stop me. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm like, that's a great point. Yeah. They outlawed dunking for a while. Yeah. No, I mean, it it's, it's, it's fascinating, but yeah. yeah um, no, I don't have yeah. anything big going on. Just kind of looking forward to uh enjoying the weekend i guess yeah yeah i mean now it seems like the, we got through the holidays you know they got that holiday malaise and stuff so, yeah yeah so uh did you have any uh you didn't have any new year's resolutions did you oh no 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 i'm very much on the uh there are no such thing as resolutions there's yeah. just good efforts and yeah. i don't have any good efforts so far so i'm okay with that too i've had a good effort so far on something good i decided about two days into the new year, because I hadn't done it yet, mm-hmm. and I wasn't going to eat pizza for as long as I could. How and and you are already nineteen days in with no pizza? No pizza. Now I'm <gasps> a huge pizza person, it's like my brother and a few others. Mm-hmm. But it's so easy when I work late, when I'm here at the studio, I got to do the podcast, to order a pizza, or stop by and grab a couple slices of pizza and bring it over. That yep. kind of stuff. I haven't had pizza in three weeks. That's awesome. Yeah, I have been cooking a lot more. Um, I got a really awesome cookbook for Christmas, cooking for two and Nicholas and I, yeah, Nicholas has been baking from it. So he was trying to make cupcakes that we didn't have everything for. And I guess they're somewhat fail, although he's eaten half of them. Um, of course there was only four. The recipe only you don't have four. to, you don't have to, when you bake stuff as a man, it doesn't have to look good. No, it's not even that it's the, it's the taste. So, uh, you know, I, I'm excited to see him excited about baking, cooking, whatever. So, yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Well, hey, let's do this. Let's, uh, let's get up out of here in a second. Um, yep. What I want to do real quick is remind everybody that uh, it is the first of the year. We're the first month in, and this is the time of year everyone's saying, I got to get my money right. I got to get, you know, I got to look at certain things, get my shit together. And they need to be giving us a call. They need to be going to O'ConnorAdvisorGroup.com, O-A-G-K-S.com. Hit the connect us, uh, contact us button. It'll shoot me an email. I will personally give you a call and chat with you, help you anything you have questions with. If you're thinking about changing jobs, if you have changed jobs, if you've got insurance questions, um, here's a big one I've been dealing with a lot lately. We've had the great resignation. Mm-hmm. A lot of folks have changed jobs in the last year or two. Yeah. If you're going through that, and you're going, okay, I got some stuff. I got some shit I got to figure out. There is no better person to call than me. <laughs> Rollovers, taking care of all that stuff. And yeah. right now, especially tax planning it, with 
401ks yep. or IRAs. And we've got a great accountant who works in every state, anywhere in America. They can work with you as our partners, Stoke Creek Accounting. They're here in our same building. I love Sarah and Amy and their whole crew, Mike up there, everybody. So if you've got questions, you need help, give us a shout. We can refer you to them. Um, we would love to be the partner. We love, you know, you don't go lose weight for training by going to your person without getting a personal trainer. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes you get a personal trainer, you get a gym membership, you do something different. You know, you hire a trainer, you hire a chef, somebody to help you cook sometimes. You hire someone to wash your car. You hire someone to do everything. But I'm shocked how many people don't hire someone to help them with their finances. Absolutely. If you listen to this podcast, just give me a shot. I'd be happy to help you. And if I can't work, do something for you, I will let you know we can't help you. Well, and here's my personal personal plug. I use Bo for financial planning services. So thank you. I am here to plug him and I've referred friends to him and I will continue to do so. So I, I trust and, you know, approve of him. So there's my stamp of approval. So, yeah, you know, originally this podcast was to help, you know, spread the word for Oakland Advisory Group too. So we want to make sure we plug that every week. So I'm plugging that. If one last plug for Trunk Club, go to the show notes. It's not too late. Follow the link. Get $50 off your first trunk. Thank you. Do that. Get it done. Have some fun. Uh, let's see. Uh, huge thanks. Thank you so much to you, Ellen. Thanks for coming on. I enjoy <laughs> this. This is my one of my favorite times of the week, every week now. I really Ooh, enjoy it. So I do. I'm thankful for it. Yeah, I am too. I, I feel like I haven't texted you much this last couple of days. So it's like, that's okay. I got I to gotta text Ellen this morning to make sure what time we're going to do this. <laughs> so, uh, hey, we'll shout out to Tyler Jones over at Studio Soapbox, everything you're doing behind the scenes. Thank you, bud. I appreciate you. Um, hey, a couple other, listen to the Jones Report. The Jones Report with Tyler, Tom Bridges. It's phenomenal. I'm on there every week uh, doing the, the pro football fo- uh, fix. We talk a little bit about football for about 20 minutes, and then you have just Tom and, and Tyler doing their stuff. And Tom Bridges is going to come on soon, is as funny and is just irreverent as anybody, and we'll have him on soon. Tom might become our stew guys. <laughs> Excellent. Um, he's already Tyler. So um, don't forget to rate us, review us, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you get your podcast. We appreciate every five star review. My goal is to have a better rating on Spotify than Joe. So oh, please, do, yes. Let's do that. So, <laughs> hey, until next time, I'm Coach Bo Brian O'Connor. That's Ellen Wayne sometimes the most token girl. Have a great week. Here's our quote. Remember, your time tokens are not your own.